And here are the categories for you. Civil servants. Stamps from around the world. Mothers and sons. Beer. Bar trivia. And finally, celibacy. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink, and I know things. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about a science book. Don't know much about the French art. Broadcasting from the Live Network Studios in West Atlantic City, New Jersey, it's the Quizzo Trivia Podcast with your hosts, Nick and Drew. To participate, tweet us at Quizzo Podcast or send us an email at info at quizzopodcast.com. That's Q-U-I-Z-Z-O. Now, let's get to the show. All right, another week. What's going on, Mr. Nick? How you doing? Hey, Drew. How's it going, my man? Good week, my friend. We got the NFL draft coming up. Ton of stuff coming up, and a big week in uh, the trivia world in general. So excited to get the second podcast going. Successful debut last week, I thought, for the most part. You know, the Simpsons uh, took a while to get going too, so we might as well. If you look back at the first episode of the Simpsons, it wasn't exactly a. Well, did they start off on the Tracy Ullman show? They did, and if you, they're unwatchable. Oh, so. really? I have <laughs> yes. never gone back. The early episodes of the Simpsons are unwatchable. Uh, I, I would say. So. It's funny you say that because I thought I remembered liking it from the start. Yeah, I think it was just good for what was on back then. That's, I was probably sort of only I 10 it. years old, too, yeah. so maybe that had something to do with it. By season three, it started to get into its groove, and then you were like, all right, this is The Simpsons I identify with, but the first couple of seasons was not the same show that uh, that I'm used to watching. So we do have a lot to get to. Um, we, In addition to doing this podcast today, we're also going to do a second podcast uh, specifically on the NFL draft, so we're not going to really hit too much NFL draft coverage here. Uh, sports, as you guys uh, who have followed us know, is a big part of what Nick and I do, uh, both in the trivia world and, and uh, professionally otherwise. Uh, so we're just going to do an entire podcast dedicated to the NFL draft, uh, which we will both be attending tomorrow. We're pretty much just Philly. saving everybody who's not interested in the NFL draft a half an hour of having to listen to it now. That's exactly right. <laughs> so and if you, you can it, go and listen to its own podcast. If you're a Quizzo player, you know, sometimes a lot of teams get frustrated with uh, the specificity of specific, you know, of particular rounds of you know, so much uh, content in sports and, and otherwise. And what do we say is like, let's get it all in on one round. If sports isn't your thing, just tune out that round. Get somebody whose thing it is uh, and build for that. And then you'd rather I have, have a team that than... that's been playing for years uh, that I know. And for years, sports killed them. And especially the game they're at, they're up against a team that is one of the best sports teams I've seen in you know, over a sure. decade of doing this, I mean, these guys are great. They get eights, nines, and tens every week almost. So anyway, long story short, after four years, they finally got a guy. And guess what? They're winning now almost consistently 30 40% of the games because it's made that much of a difference. And that's your job as a team, as a Quizzo player. You should be out talking to people. Find a sports guy. you got to fill you can... in your deficiencies. Exactly. If you're getting killed in the music round, folks, week after week because you don't know new songs, find somebody young who listens to Top 40 radio and have them come along. Yeah, you know, bring that's, a kid, a niece, uh, a nephew, co-worker, somebody. somebody. You know, that's, yeah. And we get that consistently. And one of the things that I always run into, which is sort of a double-edged sword when it comes to the sports round, is teams of all females playing. Because I would never want to be insulting and assume that all women can't be interested in sports or can't know uh, sports content. So, uh, you know, you kind of go into it open minded and say like, oh, maybe this, you know, this will be fine. But then sometimes you get, you know, uh, the f a, a team of all women that look at you like we don't know a single thing you just said to us. You might as well have put that in a different language. Like you're giving us all very obscure, very specific sports trivia. And that's just not in our uh, wheelhouse. And we get the same, uh, you know, when it comes to things that are more uh, I think culturally oriented towards women uh, for men as well. You know, if you get fashion trivia, things like that. I know those are stereotypical uh, concepts, but in the trivia world, it really does have a thing. And that's the point. You need balance on your team. You should be playing with uh, people that are outside of, of your specific comfort zone. Right, and balance and what you know. is the key word because yep. what we see often is people recruiting people who know the same thing right. as they, they do. Know. And you get a team that's got 10 people on it. 
yet you're not diversified. And, and they're all fighting over whether answers are the correct answers. Which or can be, like that. Yes. we all know, the cross out answers are killers. Um, you know, go with your first instinct and figure out somebody who writes for your team that can tell when somebody really knows the answer or when they're trying to convince you of something that is not what they know. Right. Um, when I first started playing Quizzo, I had a team, Team Trouble. Okay, it was four people. All right, me, a guy in my twenties at the time, a girl in her twenties at the time, and then two women in their forties. Sure. And we dominated. Right. Because, because you had we a could hugely cover vast. so many bases. Um, the girl who was in her twenties was a science major in college, which is something that I'm not as efficient in. Sure. You know, whereas I could make up for some music and sports and geography history has always been something I've been passionate about trivia wise. So we covered all bases, all years, and just four people. Sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, it's a good thing, too, because the whole point of Quizzo is to get out there and experience uh, both social interactivity uh, going out with friends, going out with coworkers, having something to do that doesn't involve talking about work and work politics. Um, but it's also, you know, there's an element of learning and always having some of that knowledge that you retain and keep with you. And if you just stay inside your own comfort level, you're not going to get the full uh, the full range of what we're trying to present here. And that's why it's a little bit of something for everybody. And we also try to hit uh, multi-generations as well and, and not stay within... Uh, any one particular age group or or one particular uh, genre. So even with general knowledge rounds, we might go from uh, the 1920s all the way to uh, you know the 2000s within the same round. We're really trying to hit on stuff that's happened over the course of uh, you know everything, not not just one specific topic. So little insight into how the game's constructed and what you could do to get better. Because uh, one of the things that we're hoping this podcast uh, presents to you guys is is an opportunity to do that to get some tips that are not only going to get you questions right in upcoming games, uh, but would also help you build a dominant team in your local establishment uh, as well. And, yeah, and, we'll and if you are new to playing Quizzo, just keep this in mind. The last thing I want is for you and one other person to come into one of my long-running games and actually win the thing. Yeah, right. You know, that, that angers me. Sure. What, what I'd like to see, to though, that. is two new people come in, and then the next week maybe you are three people. Or maybe in two weeks, you're four people. I want you to recruit, get better, and then, yeah, absolutely, I want you to win. Yeah, very rarely do teams come in for the first time. I did have a team the other night at, at one of my local shows who hadn't been around in a while. At that, uh, They never played at that particular venue because it was reasonably new, but they were an old team that played years before, and they won on the first night. They beat Money Shot, so there's a shout-out okay, to uh, right. a team that might actually uh, hear this game. It, once, it so. is possible. It is. It is. All right, so let's get to some topics, Nick. Uh, talk about some things that people might find in upcoming quizzes and just some interesting stuff uh, that we're going around here. I'm going to ask you a question. This is a guy that I think, um, you know, as you get to know us uh, on a personal level, uh, you'll find has major interest in both of our lives uh, from a professional standpoint because I can't quite figure this guy out. He's a genius, right? He's an absolute genius. There's no question about that. But he's both historically written some of the most defensive songs of any person I've ever met in my life. Okay, Now, granted, I think a lot of them are satirical, so he gets away with a lot of stuff because he's saying this is how people think about certain situations. But some of them are just like, whoa, I can't believe it. And then he gets up there and plays them live. And people are like, hey, I'll listen to that song live. And I'm like, wow. That is an incredibly offensive song. And I'm trying to see if you can figure out who oh, I am have speaking of. All of our interest peaked, but uh I'll give you a couple hmm. give you a couple more clues, okay. His fame outside of a couple of obscure hits has really been in the genre of writing for movies. Oh, it's Randy Newman. It is Randy Newman. <laughs> right oh, it's Randy Newman. So, I didn't want to throw Randy Newman under the bus for his offensive songs until I was more sure it was him. Right. I mean, he's that, that's where I was leaning. He's written some classics. I love I love L.A., one of my all-time favorites. Isn't it something favorites. called Short People Got No Reason to Live? <laughs> well, this is exactly what I'm talking about. You know, the Southerner song that he that he wrote? Oh, that's the best. College men. Yeah, I that, mean, that's a like, 
that's you know that's what you get at a Randy Newman and the guy uh, he, <laughs> and when you see him live it's really quite something because he just sits there with his piano and plays and Family Guy did some great uh, satire on him. Oh where, right, where I'm looking at a tree and right, the some Griff- ladies walking up. The to end me. of the world came and the Griffins were passing through and all they found was Randy Newman sitting under a tree and all he did was sing about everything that went around him all day long and and write lyrics to it. Drove in through the morning fog. Hey there, Rover. Come on over. Wow, it's nice to have music while we eat. Red-headed lady, reaching for an apple. Gonna take a bite. Nope, nope. Uh, shout out to Seth MacFarlane, because that was one of the most brilliant uh, observations on the world of Randy Newman. So Randy Newman is the first topic of tonight's uh Quizzo conversation and a guy that you, you should all check out because he's really got some, one of the most interesting careers of anybody I've ever seen, just both from a bizarre song standpoint to just a strange success. And, he's, you know, you know what I mean? He's like so niche and you listen to him, you're like, how is this guy that famous <laughs> for doing this? Oh, that that song I love L.A. is pretty good. I mean, it's, it's a pretty good song. Ever. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, I've, I've definitely song. blasted that before. There's no question. So, all right, we'll, we'll leave that uh, conversation to die. And uh, unfortunately, uh, that's a terrible segue, but I'm going to use it anyway. Uh, okay. Because speaking of the dead, we did lose a, uh, a pretty significant member of the musical community this week. And it's an interesting trivia bit, especially because this is one of the few bands that I think I've ever seen that was named after a guitarist. And not the lead singer. Now, the one that comes to mind immediately is who? Who's the most famous band ever named after the guitarist and not the lead singer? Van Halen. Van Halen, right? I mean, it's just like, boom, you get it instantly. But I think these guys are second. And see if you can get this. this All little right, bit here. so I know you're talking about Jay Giles' band. Jay Giles' band. You got it. Uh, the reason I actually knew this was because many years ago I saw Springsteen at Fenway Park. Okay. And he closes with a song every time he plays in Boston, or at least it was told to me every time. I don't know if he's still doing this, but the two shows I saw him at Fenway, he closed with a song called Dirty Water. And okay. I don't know if you know that one or not, but I think it's like a Motown song or something okay. like that. I can look it up. But it was uh, made famous by Peter Wolf. I was not familiar with Peter Wolf at the time. Went and looked it up. Of course, Peter Wolf is the lead singer of the Jay Giles band. So he, he, the whole time I'm thinking Jay Giles is the guy in the video. Nope, it's and Peter, that's Peter, it's Peter Wolf. Wolf. And of course, unfortunately, Jay Giles passing away at the age of 71, um, which I guess is the same age as Peter Wolf right now. So he's still ticking, and that's a good thing. But uh, we lose uh, we lose another rock legend, uh, unfortunately, with the passing of Jay Giles. So certainly. You know, we generally we mentioned last week we we got away from saying what DDD was our triple D rule because uh, uh, we we jump around topics so we will get to those types of things in time but it's d- disease, uh, despair and uh, general dread so I try to stay away from any topics that have uh, those types of oh death isn't one of the D's I just assume uh, uh, yeah so death, death disease death, and despair death, disease and despair are the three D's that's right um, and you know the the one caveat to that is when we have a celebrity that dies, we try to look at it more as a tribute uh, to that person's career as opposed to, you know, bumming you out that the guy's dead. Uh, so things like mentioning Jay Giles band in, in the trivia context and Peter Wolf um, and how this one of the few bands that doesn't have the lead singer uh, name the band. So, you know, just a little interesting. And let me just clarify this for everybody. So Dirty Water was done by the Standells in 1966. That was their hit. Okay, it's an anthem of several Boston sports teams. Was Peter Wolf in the Standells, or and was did he just make it famous and took their song? No, he just uh, took the song. Okay, yeah, 
Makes perfect sense. Yeah, it was played at every uh, Red Sox and Bruins win. Okay. See, I always think of Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline, sure. That's like the first song that comes to mind when I think of Boston sports. Yeah, uh, so. And for some reason now, Jimmy Fallon is inevitably linked in my mind with that song and Boston sports because of oh, that, movie that movie he did. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know that's not your favorite guy in the entire world. I've kind of come around on him a little bit. Oh. But uh, <laughs> we'll just leave it there. Jimmy, if you're a fan of the podcast, I encourage you, participate. You know, we'll, we'll get Nick around on our side because I do like it. I do. I like all the Jimmys on Late Night, and I do like Stephen. Well, Cooper I love Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, I don't Kimmel. watch. I, I'll be very honest. I don't watch late night television anymore. I, I did I it watch, at a time, but there's so much. To I watch an enormous number of their clips. So when something goes, yeah, and that's really what viral, I feel like it is yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It's more of just a clip frenzy as opposed to like watching sure. an entire show. And I never watched Jimmy Kimmel's show. I was a fan of his from when he did Fox NFL Sunday. A fan of his from the Howard Stern show. All that stuff. Yeah, I mean Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, that back to the Man Show. On yeah, Comedy Central, show. I mean, he was fantastic. Even win Ben Stein's money. Sure, you know, he the was first the host of Ben yeah, Stein's sure. money. That was one of the best uh, early trivia contests. All right, so, Nick, those were my, my topics that might get mentioned in uh, in an upcoming Quizzo general knowledge game. What do you have for me in the world of general knowledge trivia? Well, did you do anything for Earth Day last Saturday? Uh, yes, I planted several trees at, at my townhouse. That's okay. That's, that's a lie. I didn't do that's anything. Fair. They landscape everything. <laughs> here. I don't have to lift a finger. And that's the way I like it. But no, I, I didn't do anything. But I tried to be uh, non-offensive to the earth that day. So. All right. So you know, my kids are four or five, and I've taken them every year to the Atlantic County Utilities Authority things. So we just felt like switching it up this year, doing something different. So we headed to the National Aquarium. Oh, you okay. want to tell me what city is home to the National Aquarium? Whew. I'm gonna say, I'm not gonna say Atlantic City. Uh, I, would, I would hope. No, if you've ever been to the Atlantic they, City Aquarium, yeah, I hope this is not what they designate as no. the National Aquarium. No, um, they got a turtle. <laughs> they they got a turtle. <laughs> they got a turtle. I don't remember seeing a turtle when I was there last time. So good for them that they got that turtle. I would go out on a limb and say Washington D.C. should be the site of the National Aquarium, but having been, I believe the National Zoo. Having been born there, I've never heard of a National Aquarium no. in Washington D.C. So maybe Philly. No, it's actually Camden, uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. Okay. They now call it the that National Aquarium. I like that. Baltimore, right on the harbor there. I like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice visit. Um, well, they're doing this thing called jellyfish invasion, which I was not aware of. All right. So apparently because of the overfishing that has gone on, jellyfish are thriving. That's a, which, which, <laughs> I don't know if any of you have ever been in an ocean before, but one well, thing you don't we want. We live at the Jersey Shore. Yeah, you don't right? want you know, jellyfish every August thriving. When the jellyfish come, I mean, it keeps you out of the water. Yeah, you don't want jellyfish thriving. Those yeah. are two words you don't like put next to each other in a sentence. So, yeah, I spent my Earth Day getting freaked out about uh, thriving jellyfish. jellyfish. But I was wondering, you know, we hear so much about animal species and effects we're having on it. And I wanted to, I wanted to let you know there's actually a species of mammal that is thriving. And I wondered if you would know the answer to this question. Okay. All right. Yeah, we've managed to kill off over, plenty. Right. <laughs> so, over under. Okay. 40 U.S. states. 40 U.S. states. Over okay. under. How many can you find coyotes in? Ooh. Over under 40 U.S. states. See, sometimes you ask me questions that I feel like the way the question is phrased leads me to an answer. And this is an important point to point out to Quizzo people also. There are clues in the way questions are asked sometimes. You know, if you're asking something that seems like it would be obvious, look more deeply into it. Well, there's nothing that makes me happier than when I ask a 50-50 question and nobody gets it right. Yeah. Then I've done my job. That's absolutely right. It, it's meant to drive you mad. Sometimes right. the 50-50 or multiple choice that we ask are the most difficult questions we can come up with. I'm going to go with over. I'm going to say it's over. Because I have a hard time thinking of a state where a coyote can't exist in outside of, like, maybe the Deep South. But even, like, Georgia or Florida, there's, el there's areas where I think a coyote in Tallahassee is totally normal. Totally possible. All right. So before Columbus was here, apparently coyotes just lived in the Southwest. Okay. We just hit our 49th U.S. state so with what, coyotes. What is the one state that does not have coyotes? They can't get to Hawaii. 
Fair enough. That would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> and do you want to take a shot at the last state that got one? The 49th state? Was it Florida? It was Delaware. Delaware! <laughs> we, we, hey, folks, we finally found a coyote in yeah, Delaware. Yeah, it's just kind of hard to find Delaware. It's, it's hard to find land in Delaware. So an amazing animal that is thriving on land, the coyote. So folks. keep your chickens inside. Yes, good the coyotes you. are coming. <laughs> All right, what else you got? Well, took a lot of heat last week saying the NBA playoffs don't interest me that much, especially in this round, all right? So, of course, I try to back it up, and then Chicago and Boston having a great series, you know, it makes me look wrong. But, you know, isn't Boston the one seed? Yeah. So, so like, doesn't it just show that Boston is not this one seed that we should be, you know? Until LeBron James is out of the tournament, I don't take anybody seriously. And, it, and that's the problem I'm having with the NBA playoffs. Like, all right, let me go I, back to a few I weeks ago. I fully expect this to be Golden State versus Cleveland oh, again. right. We all so, know that. But before we even get to that, let's just talk about the NBA for a second, okay? Okay. So three weeks ago, about that, I'm at a party, and it's uh, NCAA basketball tournament time, Okay. So, you know, most of the guys making their way in front of the big screen TV. And we're starting to talk about teams, guys who we've never even heard of until a couple of weeks ago because it's the NCAA tournament. Sure. But here you have a half a dozen guys all focused in on it, somebody rooting one way or the other. You have uh, a a conversation about baseball picks up because the upcoming season. So we're talking baseball. All sports conversations seem to revert back to football at some time. Inevitably. And guess what never happens? Never talk about the NBA. Never talk about the NBA. Even though the playoffs are right there. Right, and the only reason it really bothers me is because I I do love the NBA. I wish I could get interested in the regular season, but players are taking games off. You can't really put any value on these games. So what do you do? I don't know. I know they're not going to get rid of a round, which I had said yesterday, uh, last week I said do away with the first round. Right. Um, just want to throw one out yeah, here. Uh who holds the record for most consecutive game one wins in the NBA playoffs? Who holds the, the record? No, player. The player that has the most consecutive game one wins in in the in history or just uh... in history most consecutive round one wins. Are we going to go with LeBron? LeBron just set the mark. Yeah, I, I would have twenty-one to consecutive. Game one wins. Round one. Round. Sorry, yeah. Round one wins. Round one wins or round game one wins? wins? Okay, so round one wins. First round wins. Yeah, so yeah. LeBron hasn't lost a game in the first round of the NBA playoffs in five years. Yeah, makes sense. And you said it yourself. He's going to the finals. That's So how do we make round one more interesting? What do you got? Best of five. Yeah, I think so. Well, that's what they used to have. I yeah. mean, it, it was shortened, and I think Why the do I need series, a best-of-seven yeah, series to... Jeez, make round one best-of-three. Then that'll that'll get me maybe interested in it. It's true. Make round two best-of-five. You could even do that with a bye. I would even be willing to give the top overall seeds buys and, and work something Maybe in give somebody have... something to play. Instead of LeBron having to take off the last month of the season to get right. ready for the playoffs, give him... Shoot the two for the weeks before. That's exactly right. So the, you know, if you the if you NBA had... has to do something to make it more interesting, because we literally go through a two month period where it these fe- games don't even it matter. It feels like you could run a simulation on a video game and get to the same result you're going to get to by watching this. You know, and nine times out of ten, that's what it's going to be. So and it, as much right, as LeBron is... is dominating, Golden State just finished up a series with Portland. Yep. So you've got the one and the eight. Yeah. They're done. I mean, Houston but, had an interesting series. They, but, they knocked wait, out Oklahoma. Get, this series, the average Golden State win was by 18 points. Right. So this is a even, playoff series? Yeah, but they are one of the more dominant teams in Yeah, so let them go history. out and play two games and beat them in two games well, instead even, of even four. Even so, but if they had the number one seed, they wouldn't even be playing in the first round, so we wouldn't be worried about that. We'd be worried about Portland playing a you know two seed or something like that, which I think is even more interesting because then you have uh, a heightened uh, thing, and you it would also push teams towards the end of the season to fight for that one seed uh, because that would mean a lot, having a whole series off 
versus uh you know versus having to play that sure, out it's, even, it's absolutely it, that, that's a it would make the end of the advantage. season actually interesting yeah yeah so you know suggestions for the nba i mean really all they have to do nick is hire us to run everything and then we'll figure out the <laughs> answers for a variety of different industries and sports and uh you know because people are banging down our doors to get us to uh, to give their opinion on it so um anything else in sports for you and then i'll give you a couple of things that i i've got coming up that i think are, are all right interesting i've got to talk about. i've got one for you and this is this will hit close to home for you. Huh. Who holds the Milwaukee Brewers record for most consecutive games with an extra base hit? Who holds the Milwaukee Brewers record for the most consecutive games with an extra base hit? Has this been recently set? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> A lot of times if you hear questions like this, right. it's too hard of a question. I would never so, ask it if so, it happened 20 so years ago. this guy's got one of my favorite quotes of all time because he was just – all right, so the, the answer is Eric Thames. Yes, the guy who I never even heard of right, last so week. So I'll give you the backstory <laughs> of Eric Thames. We talked about him last finding week. finding him tr- and a since last week, he's been on a different planet. Even then when we discussed last week about the different planet he was on, he's in a different hemisphere again to the point where in the last two weeks he's been randomly drug tested twice by Major League Baseball. And keep doing it because this guy has come out of nowhere at 30 years old to just... His quote was, I've got plenty of blood and urine, which is what he said with (laughs) with a smile. Okay. They could could keep coming testing me every single night. I got plenty of blood and urine. So (laughs) it was the exact opposite of like Ryan Braun, who was basically like, I will sue you. I will sue your mother. I will sue anybody who says a word. So I think this guy is clean because... Listen, because I, I want to believe. Of course you do. <laughs> As a Brewer fan, I want to believe. But you have to be insane to come back into baseball, hit like that, and expect he's not going to get tested. In, at you know. So when a guy like Eric Thames comes on the radar, yep. we want to get him in the quiz. We want to get trivia about him. Now, obviously, I'm not going to ask the eight straight Brewers games because that was just directed to you. Ah, but, but I his, could but ask. His last name is sound the same as a river. Who is leading Major League <laughs> Baseball in home runs? He's not just leading baseball in home runs. I think he hit his 11th or 12th last night, and the next closest guy doesn't have eight. Right, so he's got 11. Yeah. The next closest guy has seven. Right. And 11 home runs at this stage in the season. Any guess at what that rate is for the season, for for the full season? Is it over 60? 89. Oh, my God. <laughs> Base for 89 home runs. That's so they're going to keep drug testing him. Yeah, of course. Uh, until that well, number he goes the, down He set the bit. Brewers franchise record, which was, I believe, held by Richie Sexton uh, for the most home runs in April. He's basically been tearing the, ball, uh, the, the leather off the ball, and he spent three years in South Korea basically saying that he learned how to hit sliders. Didn't know how to hit sliders in the major league before he left the South Korea. Came back knowing how to hit that pitch. And he's tearing the, you know, he was always a pretty good fastball hitter. He had, he played with uh, um, Seattle prior. He was not a big guy, but, you know, in platoon duty, he got six home runs, 40 RBIs in his last season in the bigs as uh, as a 26-year-old and showed some promise. But the problem was couldn't hit a slider. So, you know, all the scouting says what he picked up in South Korea is the ability to hit one pitch, which is a, a pitch that's used 30% of the time in the major leagues. So it's a, it's a big deal. Well, I'm going to say he's a professional. He's 30 years old, and there's no reason why he couldn't pick something like that Feel-good story of the year so far. So, you know, this is is going to quickly become the Eric Thames watch on this uh, sports section of the podcast, at least. I wonder how much of it is just that nobody has any tape on this guy or knows where to pitch him. I mean, didn't when uh, Puig came into the league and he was tearing the cover off the ball and nobody knew where to pitch to him, and then eventually teams figured it out? Baseball is the single most unsustainable sport. Maybe besides golf, like golf and baseball are probably right there as far as form goes. Yeah, it's very, true. very, very hard. You get hot and that lasts for God knows how long and then you'll never see it again. Right. David Duvall. Yeah, right. I, I, I've i seen guys heat up at a level. The next Tiger Woods. Who, who was that? Jeez, uh, the Yankees had somebody a while ago. Uh, this was a this is a really, really long time ago um, who came in for just it was like the end of one season and he went bonkers like off the wall bonkers at a rate nobody had ever seen before and then he was a ghost you never heard from him again you know what i'm talking about it's not ringing a bell <sighs> spanish guy like a no I, no I think, he, I think he was white i think he was white and he was just like this instant like huge gigantic success and All right, well, had hopefully the somebody end of one season that i'd ever remember seeing on record and then was basically a ghost after that i'm gonna look him up We'll get to that next week's podcast. All right, so let me do the couple things that 
that I have for you for the uh, for the sports round. So I found this absolutely incredible. Who is the all-time leader in sacks in the NFL? Bruce Smith. Right. So do you have a guess as to how many sacks Bruce Smith has in his career? Well, he played for about 40 years. So can you get five sacks <laughs> a year for 40 years? Uh, now, I'm going to ah, – jeez. To me, the number seems like 200, but I don't know that he got to 200. So uh, let's go with shot in the dark, 189 career sacks. You actually hit it the first time, so it was 200 sacks. Oh, was it 200? He's the the only player ever to get 200 sacks. It was 200 sacks on the nose. But here's what I found interesting. so here's what I found interesting, though. So Bruce is number one with 200. That is a lot of sex. Think about that. I mean, at that it's position, incredible. if you get 12 great seasons. Now, number two is really, really how close. How do you get to 200 sex? Number two on the list is really, really close. Any guesses to who number two is and how close he got to 200 sex? Well, with football for me, I go back to about 83, 84, uh, before, you know, of what I can remember, and Unlike baseball, where I spent a lot of time researching the history of the stats, I feel like in football, those old stats don't mean as much. So, at defensive end, for me, the best I ever saw was Reggie White. That's number two. Okay. So, how close do you think Reggie got to 200? Well, I guessed 189 for Bruce Smith, so... You're you're pretty close. He's 198, so he got two away. So he got 200, 198. Now, here's what I find find amazing. Two sacks short, huh? Number three and four on the list are a huge drop-off in terms of the number of sacks. It's two guys I would not have remembered got that high. Number five is an active player. So let's see if one you can get number five. It's an active player. So Julius Peppers? Julius Peppers. Now, here's what I find incredible. Number five versus number one on the list. Doesn't it feel like Julius Peppers has been playing an infinite amount of time in the <laughs> well, NFL? Well, I'm almost pretty sure it was 2002. Yeah, so, something so 15, insane like that. So he's I going mean, on 15 He was ready years. to retire three years ago right. and then had a and he's stint still, with the Packers. He's dominating. You know, he's he's still getting. Packers. He had, I mean, Julius Peppers, what did he have recently as far as his uh, sack totals? Um I think he led the Packers two years ago. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he had a double-digit sack total. I'm not sure if it was double Within the last couple of years. Certainly as a member of the Packers. I, I want to guess 2015, ten and a half sacks. There you go, ten and a half. So, uh, you know, that, that at you know, 14 years into the NFL, you're still registering double-digit sacks. Yeah, but to and get to 200. All, and you're number five all time. You're number five all time. Well, guess where he is? Guess how many sacks Peppers oh, has in his I would career? I guess he's 50 behind those guys almost. Even more. Okay, yeah. yeah. Pepper, the Peppers 200. is at 141 and a half. Okay. So I, how so amazing is Smith and Reggie White in that context? When you think of a guy like Peppers and you've got 60 more sacks. And that think is about how many more plays. Seasons of double-digit sacks. opportunities you have nowadays because the quarterbacks are throwing 30 pass attempts a game. I mean... Those guys got 200 sacks back in the day where, you know, you might only have yeah, the run, 22 the opportunities a, a gigantic game. Gigantic component, comparatively speaking, to this. Now, any guesses to number th- uh, number three and number four on the list? Three is interesting for me because he is now a coach on the New York Jets, one of the coaches on the New York Jets. Um, first time he's been with them, so I'm sort of interested. And he's got the best name to be a coach on the New York Jets. So, That's just a lot of information. It is. That, those I don't are, know those if I can process clues. all of those clues at the same time. Um, and then, and so then, we're missing three and four. Yeah, and then number four is a really interesting guy. He played right before you and I met and was really kind of a dominant 80s player early part of the 90s. And I can give you his team if that if – that, it's probably a good clue. Played for the Atlanta Falcons most of his career. Oh my gosh! The number four all-time number four sack all-time sack leader leader play with the Falcons for almost all of his career. Yeah, he's certainly known for the Falcons. That's drawing a blank. 
I was thinking it was going to be that guy oh, from Minnesota. I, I take I take that back. So he did play for the Falcons. He did play for the Falcons. I don't know why I said he's known for the Falcons, but he's known for Minnesota. Yes, yes. And, and okay, he, played that... for, he did play for the Falcons, uh, and he also played for the Niners, but he was more That's known the for guy his time in Minnesota, uh, drafted by Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, he was there most of his career. But he played 85 to 99. Right, right. Well, being a Packer fan, I saw enough of that guy. <laughs> so you got you, you just can't remember the name but well you got the yeah I, I, I'm, i'll get it i'm just, uh, just somebody i haven't thought of in and the other guy i think would would be most identified with the pittsburgh steelers and he's a coach on the jets he's a coach on the jets also played for the carolina panthers and might have gone to the super bowl with them Played a Super Bowl with the Panthers. All right, the guy from the guy from Minnesota is driving me nuts. I got to get this out of my head, either I'm right or I'm wrong. Is his last name Randall? Nope. You're thinking of John Randall. Okay, that's did what's play kill- in Minnesota. That's what's different guy, me. different guy. But it's Chris Dolman. Chris Dolman. Okay. Yep, yep. Who did play in Minnesota and then Atlanta and then San Fran and then back to Minnesota? Ugh, blew blue that. The Vikings. Nah, that's cool. Um. So now we're back to Jets coach. Yep. Who I wouldn't know that. I, I don't pay attention to who their coaching staff is, so that's really no clue. A guy who... Mostly Pittsburgh Steelers, a little bit Carolina Panthers. So it's got to be recent because the Carolina and I Panthers If you're going to coach long. on the Jets, this is the best last name you could possibly have. You know I always like drafting guys with this name on the Jets. <laughs> if, really? I, if I could ever get one. <laughs> we had one that was good once. A running back. We drafted uh, third round out of Iowa, if that was a clue. And he had the right last name for our team. Played well, and then, uh, let's see, I think he was Thomas Jones back up for a while and then left on a free agent contract to Tennessee. It never really worked out for him. I don't know, man. Drawing an absolute blank. So the running back was Sean Green. So if you play for the Jets, obviously, the last name Green. So how about the player? Now coach. And he's third all-time in sacks? Third all-time in sacks. Last name is Green. 160. Career sacks. It's Kevin Green. Kevin Green. Yep, Kevin Green. Pitts, long time. What Pittsburgh year was Steelers. he on the Steelers from? Uh, let's see. Kevin Green. I mean, they haven't even been keeping played sacks eighty-five that to ninety-nine. He played on uh, the Rams from eighty-five until ninety-two. Played on Pittsburgh from ninety-three until ninety-six. And then Carolina from ninety six to ninety nine, and one half a year on San Francisco for some reason. So all right, so I, I'm glad I got the top two because they were very clear of the other guys. Yeah, I but, struggled with three and like, four. Listen to Kevin Green's career after you know first year seven sacks, six and a half sacks, sixteen, sixteen, thirteen. He was injured. He had three one year, ten, twelve, fourteen, nine, fourteen, ten, fifteen, twelve. I just find that shocking. So look, look for talk Kevin about Green a guy who is not on my radar, yeah. right? Especially somebody I don't think has very strong accolades in the NFL. Like I don't think people really talk about him as being you know one of the all time greats the way they do some of these other guys like no, Michael Strahan. We think of Strahan. Yeah, yeah Strahan's guys like know, that. Even, I, even farther down on this list compared to I Kevin mean, and Strahan, Strahan had the record for most in one season, which always helps when right. you start talking about trivia and. All right, so that was okay. One of John the... Randall tied for ninth all time. So there you go. So it wasn't like he was totally off the board. I just didn't. Have... And I'm pretty sure the year Randall was drafted, he was drafted in the same draft as a guy who had his, uh, or who had his last name as their first name, and they were within a couple picks of each other. And I remember the guy it was Randall McDaniel. Mm-hmm. So John Randall and then Randall McDaniel were taken really close to each other. I think one was an offensive tackle, one was a defensive tackle. Um, I'll go for for one here. Give me the other guy from Minnesota. He's 11 all-time, only a sack and a half behind John Randall. Recent. Recent guy? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, talk about being a Packer fan. This guy abused oh, uh, me yeah, for yeah, yeah. years. So I, I, know, I know who it is. So uh, not only Minnesota, but he also played for the Chiefs for a long time. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Jared yeah. Allen. Yes. Right? Yeah, He's yeah. 11 all-time at yeah, 136. Jared feet. Allen was a... Uh, <sighs> a beast. Yeah, very, very similar edge. type of player to Kevin Green. They're, you know, they're very J.J. Waddish, you know, that, that type of guy. Okay. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. 
the last thing I'm going to talk about in the sports round, then we'll move on to geography history uh, to get through a couple more topics. And this is going to be a shout-out because this school, which I'm going to ask you a trivia question related to it, is one of our oldest clients, and they've done Quizzo at the university for about a decade now. And every single year, it's a different student uh, director of their student union who gets in touch with me and, and requests a group of different trivia and themes. So uh, I want to give them a particular shout-out. We don't have any affiliation uh, you know, on a personal level, but we, we have uh, run Quizzo in the state for a long time, and I do uh, really like them. And their mascot, uh, or at least their... Uh, their mascot, has, or outside their stadium, I should say, has a 23-foot statue of a locomotive. So what school am I talking of? The Boilermakers. Yeah, there you go. Purdue University. 23. I always thought that was an alcoholic beverage it meant was, to it, get rid of a hangover. No, it is not. Okay. <laughs> Apparently it is it's a, a locomotive. locomotive. Yes. So if you're curious what a Boilermaker is, it is a locomotive, and they have a 23-foot locomotive statue outside of the stadium in Lafayette, Indiana, I believe the home of Purdue University. So shout outs to Purdue. And of course, you know, this is the week of the NFL draft. We would probably do the entire sports thing on the NFL draft, but we're going to do a whole podcast for that. So we'll just move on. And uh, Nick, I'll throw it over to you for some geography history. What do you got in the upcoming week that you want to talk about in the world of geography and history? Well, you know that we're not the only new podcast out there. There's actually a podcast that started this week called the No Spin News Podcast. <laughs> Please tell me it's Bill O'Reilly. You got podcast. it. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly is uh, hey. now from Fox News to the No Spin Podcast. Why not? You know. <laughs> so I'll ask you this So one. the question is, can we beat Bill O'Reilly in ratings <laughs> <laughs> and appeal Certainly, if Just you saying, listen to ours versus his, we're in the I same boat. Gonna, That's all I'm saying. Yeah, all I'm saying is on the same week he launched, we launched. Is that a coincidence? Yes. I don't know. Serendipitous. And, and I'll make mention that neither Nick or I are facing any allegations or lawsuits of inappropriate behavior, mostly because we've only worked for ourselves and we have nobody to inappropriately behave with. So here we go. Bill O'Reilly, where do you go to college? Now, there's three answers to this. He's gone to three different universities. That's interesting. So when you're crafted a trivia question, you have to think to yourself, how do I make this where it's possible people are going to get it? And a lot of times I like to do the, give me two for 10 and three for 20. If you've played our game, you know what that means. A question right at quiz will get you 10 points. But sometimes for number 10 in the round, we'll add some bonus points, a chance to get 20. Um, if it's a question with two answers... We'll usually do 10 points each. If it's a question with three answers, we do two for 10, three for 20. Now, I think this is a little tough for two for 10, three for 20 on Bill O'Reilly's school. So that's why it helps talking it out sure. to somebody else. So you want to give a shot at it? My first thought is the guy seems so Catholic to me that a Catholic university has to be where he went. I don't know why, but like a BC or oh. a Notre Dame or just like... Boy, it's funny. You were close with two colleges on that same <laughs> thought, right? but not right with either. Okay. In other words, BC's close. So Boston University? There you go. Okay. Yeah, because communications, uh, so BU definitely So he got his, um, he got he, his you know broadcast journalism. That? That's where Howard Stern yeah, went to school. Of course. And I do remember Stern mentioning that Bill O'Reilly well, went Well, Stern there. went there for undergrad. Right. O'Reilly got his masters. got his broadcast journalism masters there. Okay, and the uh, place he went for his undergrad has some sort of Christian ties. I would have to look up. Liberty? No, that probably wasn't even a university when Bill O'Reilly was in school. <laughs> it wasn't. In fact, I can tell you that it wasn't. I could give you a monster clue. Okay, yeah, I'll take a monster clue on that one. He did the commencement speech at my wife's college two years before. I had to sit through it. Marist. Yes. He went to Marist, Marist. undergrad. So he's a red fox. He is. He's a red fox. He did their uh, 2001 commencement speech. Ew. Unfortunately, I was there for 2003 where some guy just droned on and on for hours. Do you remember who did our commencement speech at Syracuse University? Yes, I do. Koppel. Ted Koppel. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Well, you put me under the gun there on yep, that one. Yep, I was yep. like, Ted Koppel. It was uh, funny. Of course he, was, I he was amusing. Yeah, yeah, well, if it's a guy like Ted Koppel, if it's a guy like Bill O'Reilly, sure, we want to listen to you speak. But for anybody else who's doing a commencement speech, realize you have a couple of thousand kids who haven't slept from the night before 
Yeah, like, all they want to do. Yeah, my cousin is Matt throw graduated that hat in the from air. the University of Michigan, and Jennifer Granholm, the like governor of the state, did it, and it was just like, oh, it's horrible. It's like nobody is here to listen you to you. You are the future of our country. You are the ones that will carry us forward. Yeah, meanwhile, I've got a bottle of champagne underneath this gown, yeah, and I just want in the, you to sitting in the big house talking. in Michigan dreaming of Ohio State football, like looking down at that field and not thinking about anything related to the commencement speech. But All right, so we, we figured out Boston University. We hit Marist, which really I wouldn't expect yeah, it's, anybody it's to know. It's what, just what, because what I, I have say is in. one of my great party tricks, as you know, and I just said Red Foxes, is I know almost virtually every nickname of every university in the country maybe we'll hit that any we're gonna actually hit that in the mock draft podcast yeah, so yeah, we're yeah, gonna yeah. test that out a little bit we're, which is good I like so anyway tests. bill o'reilly this is uh one one last cut this is actually the college i identified him with uh huh. before i you know looked Ge- further georgetown no i'll give you a clue he went to the john Same. f kennedy school of UMass? public administration harvard Harvard. Wow. So O'Reilly carries around that Harvard uh, diploma. Good for him. Good for him. Likes to throw it in your face a little bit. All right. So, well, you know what? I mean, Stern has said it before. There, there was a whole book I read. um, Trying to remember the the title of it, but oh, it's called the Halo Effect. And the concept of the book, uh, which did not need seven hundred pages to get this one concept that I'm going to explain to you at, they could have just given you an excerpt and said, "Here's the concept." So, did you buy the seven hundred page book? I, re- I read it as part of my program at Penn. I so got when, you. I, when I got my master's degree, um, those who are listening, I don't want to throw it in their face, but uh, I got my master's degree at University of Pennsylvania at the Wharton School and the School of Engineering at Penn, and I had to read an enormous number of things that had virtually no impact on my life past the point of reading them ever. Uh, But one that I found interesting was the concept of the halo effect, which is to say that people immediately start to believe you are smarter than you may be soon as you identify with something they believe is smarter than they are. So if you tell somebody, I went to Harvard, it triggers something in their brains that makes them think, you know more than I do. Oh, without a doubt. So what you're going to say is more... Yeah, Harvard is... Right. Harvard, Yale, Princeton. Right. So... All right, one more thing before we leave the topic of Bill O'Reilly. This is going to be a, which one is older for you? 50-50. Ready? Oh. Fox News. Okay. Or Justin Bieber. <clears throat> Justin Bieber. I'm going to go with Bieber. You're right. Yeah. And the way I came across this was O'Reilly has been with Fox News since the beginning. Sure. October of 96. Yep. And I was just surprised to think, oh, man, Fox News has only been around since 1996. I remember Fox as a corporation really getting started and kind of being like, it was very strange because I think I always identified uh, networks with three letters, like NBC, CBS, ABC. Like those, that's how, and then Fox came and it was, yes, it's three letters, but it's a name of something. And that seemed like what was strange to me about naming a network Fox and it's like right, how can, it's one how can word these guys as opposed to right, be successful with that? Columbia right, that in itself was or... this like ground, and it feels so foolish to think about how in the '80s that was something that looked groundbreaking. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Just you're right. But they they've been you know at the forefront of marketing from from day one, and now they're the most popular cable channel. Sure, and there's such a paradox too because you have this extremely conservative news network and then this incredibly socially liberal network. That's always kind of pushed the boundaries. Like, think of what Married with Children was on the air in the 80s compared to everything else. Very much like how All in the Family compared to everything at its yeah, time. Yeah, I was wasn't very... allowed to watch Married with Children right. as a young kid when that came out. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it was offensive. And, and not, you know, certainly like growing pains or family ties or anything like that. Like, those never touched any of the no. innuendos or the, I mean, biggins. Psycho Dad. The premise of Biggins and of Psycho Dad was a dad who took joy in killing his family, <laughs> and Al just watched it with his eyes like wide open, like oh god, I could only I could only wish to do that. Like who would you know introduce something like that on network television except Fox? Well, how about the idea of like the wife wanting to have sex with him yeah, and him and having no interest no in her interest whatsoever at all? And it wasn't like Ever. his wife was some uh, you know oh, horrible Katie looking. Oh, she was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that that was so funny. funny. That was funny too. You know, yeah. uh, oh man, that show was fantastic. All right, so let's uh, wrap things up with uh, with a couple of the last things that we're going to hit. I guess in the uh, entertainment or geography history. Um, yeah, let's move on to entertainment. 
Uh, okay, well, do we do we want to do anything in geography history? Because I don't think we got to anything in that. Well, uh, I was you know. going with, uh, you know, Harvard and where he went to school and geography Perfect. and the history so, of so how long Fox News has been around. The 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 clue that I'm going to give you for for my end of the geography history battle um, is coming up in July, and it's just something that you know periodically comes into the Trivia 101 category. So every week on this podcast, I want to try to throw something out there that's a Trivia 101 thing where. Not only should you expect to see this, uh, you know, every six months to a year in uh, in the Quizzo world, but it's something that you should just know as an American living in America. And it's just a fact that I find amazing, which is that Thomas Jefferson and John Adams, right? You know, two guys that were incredibly linked, had incredibly different. This is one of the craziest things that has ever happened in history. It, if you it, ask it me. just it's fascinating to me that this even happened and that more people aren't aware of it. So it's something you should all know. And they were arch rivals, arch rivals during the political uh, height of of American uh, independence, these guys couldn't be more philosophically opposed to each other on all fronts. One was a Massachusetts, uh, you know, lawyer, and the other was a Virginian scholar. Uh, and and Jefferson, I think, uh, just had such vastly different ideas about what the United States of America was going to become compared to Adams. And yet, at the end of their lives, they became best friends. They became uh, intricately. Uh, connected in history, they they formed an incredible friendship where they basically spent uh, countless uh, years writing to each other, talking about the state of the country and their past uh, uh, exploits and giving us insight into what happened and, and how they did what they did. Uh, and then they both dropped dead at the exact same freaking time on the birthday of America. It's unbelievable. On the same uh, day. 1826, July 4th, within two hours of each other, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. On the 50th anniversary. Jefferson. And the famous quote from Adams of is. the signing of the Declaration of Independence. The famous the quote day. from Adams uh, is, uh, I, out, or, or, you know, I outlasted Jefferson. Or Jefferson. Is that? No, the, I think the problem, well, I think the, here's, here's the quote, and I don't have it in front of me, so I'm going to get it wrong, but is, here's the I wonder gist. if this is a myth. Is, is this a myth, or Adams is this actually true? Adams on his deathbed, or Jefferson on his deathbed, one of them said the only reason that they were mad that they were dying <laughs> was because the, the other, other one, one had outlived the other one, right. but the other one had already died. died. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I think it was Adams lamenting we'll to look that, that, one that he had, uh, uh, that he was going to die before Jefferson, and Jefferson was actually already dead, but we'll figure that I out. Mean, do what I think that that's a myth? I, yeah, I guess. I mean, I thought, how would they really die on the same day, and maybe that that whole thing was... Made. But you had you had to figure two men what of that stature odds? at the end of their lives did have it's, everyone around it's them. True, you know, It'd be so, hard to cover up. Right, right, right. So, but even if one died on the third and the other died on the fifth, it would be not the same. The fact that they both died on the fiftieth anniversary, no, no question, to the day. All right, so getting away to uh, to to wrap up geography history, we'll get away from that. I'm going to ask you a question related to entertainment, and it's a. Music trivia question. We did a little bit of music before, so this is going to kind of bring both the music category and the entertainment co- uh, category full circle. You know, one of the bands that I think is a pinnacle band in the history of classic rock is Pink Floyd. Would you not agree? Sure. Now, part of the reason why they were so unique is because they not only had a very, very interesting sound, but the theatrics involved in their music, the uh, the ability to create stage shows that nobody yeah, has ever seen Yeah, there's been before. times where I've asked people what's the greatest stage production you've seen of a show, and I had thought about uh, U2 at times, and uh, definitely Pink Floyd comes into that conversation but more one th- often than not. But one thing they never really had was huge commercial success with their songs. So the question Well, that's I what had, happens when you make 40-minute long songs. Yeah, right. <laughs> it won't play on the radio. So the question I had for you, out of all the Pink, songs, uh, Pink Floyd songs that exist, what do you think is the only number one hit song they ever had in the United States? Well, I have one that I just don't see me picking anything else, so I'll just go with... Uh, Another Brick in the Wall. It is Another Brick in the Wall. Part two. Part two. That's right. So that was the only number one hit single in the United States for Pink Floyd, and uh, probably deservedly so. I think if you were going to analyze that band and their discography, that would be the uh, Mm. one. There's, you know, you can make a case for some other ones, I think. Well, the Dark Side of the Moon album holds a distinct record for being the longest. Running. No, it was the the most weeks on the Billboard Top 200 charts. Right, right, right. So while sales. people weren't buying it, you know, all at once, and there was think, a consistent sales 
one of the great oh, live is. albums that I ever owned, and I remember when I bought this, I'm pretty sure it was my sophomore year of high school, was Pink Floyd's double CD Pulse. Yeah, sure. That uh, was, uh, was definitely in high school that came out. Yeah, when yeah, we it, were was, in high it was my sophomore year of high school, so probably 94, 95, and I remember that being one of just uh, – uh, one of those CDs. Well, they that toured you that over and over and over Live again, album. and it's, it's it's just incredible. So, um, that is the entertainment section. So you can look for those categories uh, to be there. Anything you want to add? Uh, throw back my way. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, before we wrap up uh, today's Quizzo podcast, and then uh, get well, stitched. Chachi was in the news. Ah, so anytime yes, he's in the news, you know, Joni for something. Uh, Chachi lost Joni sadly. Yes. So. He didn't seem all b- that broken up about it either at the time, but... Well, I got to say that, you know, Chachi's wife is kind of keeps the wraps on all past relationships with Chachi, and she's kind of the gatekeeper <laughs> I don't blame now. her. Chachi it's, quite it's, the stick man in you know, his day. She, it's, it's tough because put yourself in her position. You got to watch that guy like it's the cookie monster, <laughs> and he's sitting in the <laughs> Oreo factory. You know what I mean? On a daily basis, it, it's just got to be a constant battle. And I know that he's probably a changed man and all that stuff, but she's probably so sick of hearing about Chachi's exploits from back in the day before. So she's like, I don't want to hear it anymore. So now you get Joni Loves Chachi. I mean, that was the name of a TV show. They were 16 years old having sex on the set. I mean, (laughs) you know. Is that documented? Yeah, well, I'm going to give... uh, According to Chachi. I'm going to give a shout-out to a very talented writer uh, named Talia, and I, I... you know, I wish I could remember her Twitter handle, but we'll definitely post a link to it on the Quizzo Podcast at Quizzo Podcast website. But uh, Talia, uh, who kind of went viral uh, a number of years ago uh, in San Francisco because she wrote an op-ed about how miserable it was working for Yelp and they didn't pay you anything. You're basically living like an impoverished uh, human being in San Francisco trying to make ends meet, couldn't afford food, couldn't afford a place to live. And here's Yelp, a billion dollar company paying you like a slave. So they fired her immediately, um, <clears throat> and that story went viral. Well, long story short, Chachi banged uh, Talia's mom in, <laughs> in uh, high school. <laughs> so she tweeted to Scott Bayo about that and was subsequently blocked by Chachi, uh, and I believe by Chachi's wife, uh, and added to the long list of people that have offended Chachi. So. All right, so over under 10, how many seasons of Happy Days? I'm going under. 11 seasons. Oh, I would have thought nine. That would have been my guess, but all right. And, of course, it. nobody had more success out of that show than Richie Cunningham, oh, who's going I mean, Ron to be Howard. one of the uh, best directors in Hollywood. I, I got to tell you, out of all the guys that I think are like the underrated good guys in the world of Hollywood, which is kind of a dark world if you think about it. There's a lot of very dark things there, but <laughs> he's... Well, you're bringing something up, and, and I guess it goes back to the question. The good guys. How come no work for Erin Moran? <laughs> he wasn't. She was his sister for eleven years. Uh, I, I mean, you think he could have gotten if he could find something for Clint? Put him in. Seriously, <laughs> family. You know. Yeah, family. Tom Bosley was doing well. Out of sight, out of mind. You, you saw him doing ads all the way up until the end. But uh, all right, know. so another show. Uh, off the air this year girls had their finale and although i don't want to give any spoilers or talk about what the finale meant the show uh a lot of people got their start from the show people i never heard of like lena dunham yeah of course uh who's creator and actress from it and the big one of course uh you know the star of star wars yeah and i mean how about the career now when i first saw adam driver on girls i'll be honest with you i didn't like him you know, uh, not not as an actor, I just his character, character was, was a very so, strange. Yeah, it was a very strange it, romance. It was hard for me storyline from day one. I think when you look at those two in general, that and was, he was always shirtless and seemed angry about something. He was very very <laughs> angry, and he was definitely very shirtless, um, which was not what I was looking for on the show Girls. But you would imagine if you do a show named Girls, that's you know what you're going to be going for. But he was a talented actor, and he did play that part very well. And the other stuff I've seen him in, he's been great. Well, so. back in 2012, he was in Lincoln. Sure. And that was the first time where I was like, oh, man, this he's, guy is going to be a rocket. Yeah, he's going to be a star. Yeah. Um, I think he was a Marine. Oh, was he? Yeah, he he was in the armed services. I, I don't want to get his uh, division wrong or, or his uh, or service branch wrong, I'm sorry. But uh, I think he was a Marine. Um, Might have been. Now, he also appeared in a movie, and. This is probably not on people's radar, but it was a very good movie. It's called Francis Ha. Okay. Did you see that? No. That was a 2012 also, and 
it was like, bam, I saw him in Lincoln, then I see him in Francis Han. The only reason I was watching this movie, Francis Ha, is because it's um, directed by Noah Baumbach. Do you know that? I do know that name. I do know that name. He did one of my favorite movies called Greenberg okay. with Ben Stiller. Yeah. And once I, I had heard Stiller probably on Stern. Talk about Greenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. promoting Greenberg. It's a very, it was a very dark role for him. It was sort of like an actor who was washed up who never like got back. No, I don't think he's an, I don't think he was an actor. I think he's just a. Or just a guy. Yeah, yeah, if any, yeah he was just a guy. And I never saw it. So. It was like he was going back. It, it was one of my favorite movies. I absolutely loved it. So after I saw Greenberg, I went and watched the other Noah Baumbach films, which I don't know if you know The Squid and the Whale. You ever heard of that one? Another great movie, Jeff Daniels, Laura Linney, Anna Paquin, Jesse Eisenberg, all good films. And the fact that, you know, I see Adam Driver in that, and he also uh, worked with the Coen brothers. Sure. Uh, inside Llewellyn Davis. Yeah, that, that, yeah so. the, guy, the guy's got a good, uh, a good career going for him, and that show was really good. I mean, especially, like, being two guys that wouldn't necessarily be interested in the plot line of a show, a show called Girls based on, you know, the lives of four girls, I thought it was very, very uh, widely appealing. And it had different elements of a show that, as a guy, I was very interested in and I enjoyed watching and it was entertaining. Well, that show for me, definitely I loved it in the beginning then and then it sort a... of declined. But I will say I thought the last two seasons... Very good. Yeah, there was some funny stuff. The the whole the entire surfing sequence uh, <laughs> in the last season. I, I think there there was a lot of things that I I enjoyed very much, and I do like, you know, one of the guys that I feel like is is a guy who just has done great things in a very underrated manner. Uh, everything he's touched is Judd Apatow, and the projects he gets himself involved in in the TV shows, the movies. Yeah, he does uh, love now, right? Yeah, the Netflix yeah, that show is great. great. It's a I great show, show, but there's so much that Judd gets involved in. Uh, I, I think that's underrated. And one of the things I really respect about him is he went back after years of not doing it and, and got back into stand up. Now he's going out with all of his old like you know bros who are huge big time stand up comedians and getting back there on stage and doing live performances again, which is you know. That is a terrifying prospect. If you've never done well, stand-up especially or if you're spoken successful in front of an audience, as he is right. at what he does, you don't want to go up there and you know make an ass out of yourself. Yeah, and he and he's just such a talented writer and such a talented producer. So it's it's kind of interesting to see him step outside the box and and do that. I would like to see if he could pull off, you know, where I could get to a Judd Apatow special, where I want to see a stand-up comedy special from him. Uh, you know, the same way I, I would wait because you know one one of the amazing things, and we're going to end on this note. Uh, that I think has been the kind of rebirth of stand-up comedy on Netflix. Oh, it's um, been great. It, it's it's such a boom to see some of these amazing stand-up comedians be given Chappelle. this, you know, and and total freedom to do what they want. What's great too is I was able to catch up on a lot of guys. Like I wasn't Bill Burr was not on my radar yep. for a long time, and now Absolutely. I've been able to see all of every his one of his specials. specials. And, you, and you go through their entire career that way. You know, you get a, a sense of not only who they are, but also their their whole career trajectory and. Uh, there's just a lot of talent out there, I think, from a little Jimmy Norton. Standpoint. He's so funny. <laughs> uh, you know, Jim Florentine also is a guy that I love, and I was uh, lucky enough to meet through the show that um, uh, that I do research for on Sundays. And uh, he's he's just part of this entire group of New York City comedians, you know, Louis C.K. and Chris Rocks and what have you, that have just been like, uh, I think, kind of in, in a creative golden era for the last 20 years. And, and like Netflix has really helped perpetuate that. Uh, by not only giving them freedom, but also uh, taking on projects that are risky. You know, Bill Burr's cartoon is hilarious, yeah, and great. I don't think that would get made anywhere else. You know what I mean? If if you didn't have that type of entity to go there, so free promotion for Netflix, as if you weren't already subscribed to them. But maybe uh, you know they'll they'll take up this podcast. Maybe we'll get twenty million dollars for the. Uh, Netflix well, we could probably thing. do a whole podcast on HBO versus Netflix, sure. Because where HBO was so dominant with so many great shows. Girls just ending. We talked about Thrones with only two seasons left as Netflix just keeps pumping it out. Yeah, well, it's you know that's an interesting battle that's shaping up, and really all of those networks combined. And, and then you throw Hulu into the mix, and what you know the networks themselves are morphing into uh, makes for a fascinating future of entertainment. All right, guys, so I think that's going to do it for uh, the podcast today. Uh, Nick, any parting words? Anything you're looking forward to for uh, next week? J-Rod. J-Rod. Get ready. What's that? You don't know what J-Rod is? I have no idea what you're talking about, dude. All right, well, I was going to touch on it next week, but since we're talking about it, I'll give you a brief 
the greatest celebrity coupling of all time. Okay. Oh, is it Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez? It is. Oh, my God. J-Rod. All right. I <laughs> yes. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this man sleeps underneath a giant poster of him as a centaur. Okay. Have half two human, people half horse. ever deserved each other as much no. as J-Rod? <laughs> yeah. It's, they, what they actually both need is a clone of each other and, like, to somehow mix that in. They need, like, a foursome. <laughs> They need two of each to, to satisfy the, the egos in that, but that is that is really something else. Well, she's already dubbed him the greatest of all time. Oh, he's the GOAT? He's the is GOAT. He? Hashtag the GOAT. Oh, yeah? Like, yeah. Uh, do you think she, like, compares She didn't watch to, much postseason baseball. Is there some, like, comparison to Enrique in the middle of, of the acts, you think? Uh, let's not, you know, I don't want to get into the risque right. category. We'll, talk, here, it, we'll yeah. talk next week about J-Rod. All right, guys, so that's going to do it for us. Uh, for Nick, my name is Drew. Quizzopodcast.com, Quizzotrivia.com if you're interested in getting trivia set up at your bar. And, of course, AliveNetwork.com is where you can find all of our other stuff. We will see you next week, everybody. Be safe. This has been the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Visit us online at Quizzopodcast.com for more information. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Did you know that Troy Aikman in only six years has passed for 16,303 yards? You know bees and dogs can smell beer? Did you know the career record for most hits is 4,256 by Pete Rose, who is not in the Hall of Fame? Do you know that my next door neighbor has three rabbits? I can't compete with that. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? Learn about Cuban. Come and You're causing a major disturbance on my time. I've been thinking about this, Mr. Hand. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? What is this? It's our fantasy baseball draft. Your fantasy what? It's our draft. Fantasy baseball. I told, I told you all about this. Got Matsui. Name's Francis Sawyer. Everybody calls me Psycho. Any of you guys call me Francis, and I'll kill you. And I don't like nobody touching my stuff. Just keep your meat hooks off. By catching you guys in my stuff, also, I don't like nobody touching me. Any of you homos touch me, and I'll kill you. Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> my boy, Blue!